I mean what I said, okay? I really meant it. And I meant what I said at the top of the show about this going down because it is the 99 Pot Awards. It's not 1999 anymore podcast. It's going down right now. We are talking a whole lot of awards. We talk with comeback player of the year. We talking coach of the year. We talking MVP, non-quarterback MVP. We talking a whole lot of stuff. We got more, okay? It's going down right now. I'm excited. And we might as well begin with our first award right now. It's going down, as you see, at the bottom of your screen. We're going to start off with comeback player of the year. And, fellas, I'm going to explain how we're going to do this right now. So, basically, we are all going to go around the panel here and give our take on who should win this award and why. And then after we all three go ahead, I'm going to read y'all the results. An award, an award is going to be given to who wins it by the voters, by the fans, and by the 99 pod contributors who also voted on these awards. So without further ado, Zay, I'm going to start with you. Comeback player of the year, who should win it? Oh, man, a comeback player of the year for me, I'm going with Jerry Goff. I think what he did with the Detroit Lions was fantastic. I think he had a really great year. Um, he's really stood out amongst the masses, um, especially with a Detroit Lions team that nobody really had faith in. They know they had young players. They know they... They was growing, especially the way they started the season. It looked abysmal. It looked like they were going to be the same old Lions. The fact that they stormed back and had an opportunity to possibly make a playoff game, astonishing to say the least. And you can, always, you can only praise Jared Goff for having the year that he had. I think he had 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. I believe a little bit more, a little bit less. But the man played outstanding um, this season. Uh, Jared Goff, you know, a guy who was written off in, in the Rams um, and then brought back to life in Detroit, given that starting opportunity. Is, uh, is beautiful to see. They thought he got sent to Detroit for his career to rock, his career to end in Detroit. It actually revitalized, and he rose like the phoenix that he is. Congrats, man. Uh, you know, for me, he is my comeback player of the year. And before, Coach, you get in here, you know, real little, got to ease into the flow of this. I kind of botched the nominees here. Okay, so we're going to take it back. Um, Zay, credit to you for saying Jared Goff. I respect the, the pick here. Our nominees for... Comeback player of the year is Saquon Barkley, Geno Smith, and CMC, Christian McCaffrey. So real quickly here, comeback player of the year. This award is dedicated to the player who was left for dead. The player who was left in the abyss. We was ready to write his obituary and he rose up from the dead like Lazarus. They had a revengeful season and their grit and determination needs to be highlighted and recognized here on this very damn show. Coach, who is your comeback player of the year and why? My comeback player of the year is Geno Smith. You know, for a guy that didn't get a starting job, you know, his last starting job was in New York, the New York Giants. And for him to, in his first year as a full-time starter, bro, what, what I say, what he did with that Seahawks team was pretty much unbelievable. Me personally, I wrote him off. I just thought that Geno Smith was a bust. I'm like, bro, this guy, this guy is really not it. For him to do what he did in his first first full season as a starter of the of the Seattle Seahawks was pretty amazing. He broke the passing record in in Seattle history. You know he you know he made the Pro Bowl. What did he say? Um, in his oh yeah, yeah, wrote me off and I ain't right back. Heck yeah, that's exactly what it is. So I'm proud of him for that. Proud of him for overcoming this situation. You know all the trials and tribulations to you know to earn this award right there. Listen, man. Y'all wrote him off. 
I forgot about him. Gino? Who? What are you talking about? G who's Gino? You talking about Gino's in Long Island? That pizza spot that I go to? That's the only Gino's I know. I forgot about the dude. Listen, he's my comeback player of the year. You know, for me. You know, when you look at his stats this year, he nearly matched his career stats. And he's been in the league since 2013. Think about that for a second. He threw for 4,282 yards, 30 touchdowns, completing 68% of his passes. He only threw for 6,000 yards in his whole entire career prior with 34 touchdowns in his first eight seasons. Think about it. 4,000 to 6,000, eight years, one year. It's crazy. We yeah. all knew CMC and Saquon Barkley wore explosive backs. We all knew they were talented backs. It was never the question about talent. It was a question about durability. But Geno and under Pete Carroll, they did an amazing job with Geno Smith. And that's why he is my comeback player of the year. But it's not up to me. It's not up to y'all. It's up to the fans. Who did the fans think is comeback player of the year? And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, the comeback player of the year voted by the fans Voted by 99 pod contributors is. Wow. Yes, wow. sir. Saquon Barkley is our 99 pod comeback player of the year. With 52% of the votes, it was a close one. Geno Smith was a close second at 47%. Mm -hmm. And um, you had CMC there. He didn't get much votes. But, fellas. Real quickly here, your reaction to Saquon Barkley taking home that comeback player of the year? Oh, uh, he absolutely deserved it. Saquon Barkley absolutely deserved that that award, comeback player of the year. He had a phenomenal year. The year that he had, the Giants would have not made the playoffs without him at all. They would have even been in a conversation. Daniel Jones' career could have ended without Saquon Barkley playing. Uh, but you know, I think you know for sure he deserved the award more. Um, you know, and I hope that he continues the high level of play. And, um, you know, that year he had last year was very reminiscent to what Adrian Peterson did that year he came back from injury. It was a dynamic, dynamite of a year for Saquon Barkley. He deserved a compact player of the year. I don't think anyone could argue against it. Uh, it also goes to show that coaching matters. You know, however, what Brian Dayball and um, and their offensive coordinator and coach Kafta, that's how I pronounce his name, whatever that they did to pretty much utilize his potential, they, they, they did a pretty damn good job at it, you know. In other words, if it wasn't for Gino, Saquon would have been my second pick for, like, comeback player of the year. I think for me, right? Listen, we got to realize, man, we based out of New York here on this show. So we're going to have a lot of New York listeners and fans that's going to vote New York. So I think it pretty much comes down to that. But nothing to take away from Saquon Barkley. This is not a slight at Saquon Barkley. He had an amazing year, okay? And he was the vocal point of the Giants offense. But, um, yeah, he took home the award. We all New York based, so that's funny to keep in mind um yeah he's our comeback player of the year Saquon Barkley congratulations you took home the award now let's move on to offensive rookie of the year now fellas things are going to get really really interesting here okay. for a reason okay so basically if there's a tie among the votes we get the split difference here there's three of us we are actually going to choose the offensive rookie of the year because among the people it is split down the middle Wow! and there was a lot of votes that came in this morning right before we got on the air that I wasn't able to count so I can't you know just rush it and try to you know cheat anybody of the of the award 
It's split right now. We are going to go around the panel, and we are actually going to pick who wins the award. And I'm I'm guessing if it's split between y'all, I'm going to be the one to give the award. So, Coach, I'm gonna start with you. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Who's taking home that award? The nominees are Kenneth Walker III. The nominees are my guy from New Orleans, Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson. Those are your three right there. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Kenneth Walker the third. Woo, for me, I'm gonna have to go with my boy Garrett Wilson, man. You know, the first Jets player and rookie to have, you know, have have over a thousand yards receiving. You know, despite, you know, this, despite with everything what he went through in his rookie season, you know, the the stability with different quarterbacks, you know, poor, you know, poor play calling, you know, he still went out there, did his thing on the field. I just wish that, you know, if the quarterback situation was more stable, I believe that his stats, you know, his stats number would have been way more, you know, probably would have double digit touchdowns, probably more receiving yards. But, you know, with everything that he went through, you know, with three different quarterbacks, I think that Garrett Wilson definitely deserved that title. You know who I'm going with, man. Garrett Wilson definitely deserves Offensive Rookie of the Year. We're talking about a guy with a thousand yards between four quarterbacks. No, four starting quarterbacks, a thousand yards. That is tough to do. Anybody who gets four your rookie year with a horrible play caller with four quarterbacks who couldn't get a touchdown down, he could have had ten touchdowns with a decent quarterback. He had four quarterbacks, a thousand yards between the four of them. That is ridiculous. That is difficult for any quarterback in the NFL, for any receiver in the NFL to get a thousand yards between three bad quarterbacks. The fact that he had four quarterbacks at, at that um, playing the position at this season in particular time and got a thousand yards is an amazing feature to have. He has to be offensive player, um, offensive rookie of the year. Kenny Walker and Chris Olave had solid years, no doubt about it. But Garrett Wilson had an impressive rookie season and on top of that we probably wouldn't even be talking about him if Bryce Hall didn't get hurt I mean Brown Brees Hall didn't get hurt and that's that's the whole thing if Brees Hall was healthy he probably would have got this award but we're gonna give it to Garrett Wilson because Garrett Wilson had a, had a solid year a great year at that when the quarterback play was not playing up the standard I mean look man the New York bias here is crazy right now I'm I, to me the award should be going to Kenneth Walker the third I mean you talk about Pete Carroll and the amazing job that he's done. I understand he's not a nominee for Coach of the Year, but you talk about Geno Smith being eligible for an award. You talk about Ke- Kenneth Walker being offered amongst the award for here, you know, Offensive Rookie of the Year. You talk about Tyreek Woolley, you know, as nominees for three awards. It tells us about the great coaching job that Pete Carroll has did this season. And um, he's got a lot of that draft class, man. That draft class, he has got a lot out of those young guys and watch out for the Seahawks going forward. But when you talk about a guy like Kenny Walker the third, the explosion is there. I mean, he's having a season having 27 runs of 10 plus yards, four runs of 20 plus yards, and three rushes of 50 yards. Clearly, he has that home run speed. Okay, that speed where he can take over the game and change the trajectory of the game. And Pete Carroll's commitment to the running game, he got himself a guy who he can trust in Kenny Walker the third. But unfortunately, as I stated before, the fans were split. And the award was going to be decided right here, right now. And y'all picked Garrett Wilson. So, the 99-part award for Offensive Rookie of the Year is going to no other than your boy, Garrett Wilson. Yes, sir. 
absolutely let's move on here to the next one okay we're gonna go assistant coach of the year i'm gonna read you our nominees right now listen it's going down 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 assistant coach of the year the nominees are ben johnson offensive coordinator for the lions D'Amico ryan's defensive coordinator for the 49ers stain sheen offensive coordinator for the philadelphia eagles now one thing i want to say before we give our picks here assistant coach sometimes you're overshadowed by the head coach you're overshadowed sometimes it's what you do that help the team win when your team when your offense when your defense is playing up the par the coach get the credit okay the best player on that side of the ball get the credit but it's you that's up at night putting in the work but it's you that's that really doesn't care about the recognition because you are going to do your thing regardless that's what an assistant coach is okay he is the backbone of the head coach and right now once again our nominees are ben johnson D'Amico rines and stain sheen maybe it's maybelline who's taking <laughs> home this award assistant coach of the year coach uh i'm about to go with ben johnson of the detroit lions you know this is the first time in team history that they had over a 4,000 yard passer and a 2,000 yard rushing in the same season so incredible like you've seen what he did with that offense yeah, and that's an offense I call it everyone eats Jamal Williams broke Barry Sanders record in having 16 total touchdowns um, you know Jared Goff like Zay mentioned earlier yo his career revived in Detroit in the second season in Detroit we thought that his career was going to be a bust but Ben Johnson did a great job utilizing his potential. And that's how guys like um, Raymond, St. Brown, you know, different playmakers that, you know, different playmakers that they have in Detroit, you know, they, they pretty much did their thing. But I think Ben Johnson truly deserved this award. I agree with Coach here, man. I'm going Ben Johnson right off the rip. I mean, they offense finished sixth in the league in points per game, fourth in the league in total yards. He did an excellent job maximizing Jared Goff and making the offense really easy for Goff to just think and dunk and just protect the football and at a high clip playing very highly inefficient um efficient excuse me and turnover free football and we saw sean mcveigh coach jared goff he's known as the quarterback guru but we saw clear as day that he was holding that team back clear they dumped him off in detroit but Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell was able to uplift him to a point where he's actually meeting the roster, the talent of the roster. And we are not looking at the offense saying he's the weakest link here. And that's what coach can do for you. I love the way how they handled Jamison Williams situation. He tore his ACL in the national championship game. And instead of just rushing him out there, they eased him in action. They didn't shut him down completely. They let him get his feet wet. But at the same time, defenders don't have film, much film on him. So mm -hmm. now you can unleash him next year and he can give you that Jamal Chase type of impact in year two. Okay, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to when it comes to Jameson Williams and how this offense takes that next leap next year. All credit goes to Ben Johnson for me. He should be the winner. Oh, uh, for me, man, our assistant coach of the year, I'm gonna go with Stan, uh, Stan Stichen. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Stan Sheen. Station, you know, I think you know what, what we talk about bringing guys to fruition, um, playing them at a high caliber. We're talking about Jalen Hurts, a guy who's an MVP ca a candidate for this season. I think you got to give the offensive coordination that type of praise and that type of hope, being able to get Jalen Hurts to play at a top level amongst Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, 
Miles Sanders, having AJ Brown, having Devontae Smith playing a great uh, year, even having um uh Quartz Quartet Quartz. I've got his last name, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, the third the third string receiver for the um the Eagles. Um, that offense is playing played really well throughout the season. Yeah, they didn't play like the best competition throughout the whole schedule in the season, but Jalen Hurts was able to show that he's capable of being a quarterback in the NFL and leading uh, a, a offensive, a, a talented off- offense to the promised land to the, that's the NFL Super Bowl. So I think you got to give that um stand that um that praise, and I think he should be the offensive uh, assistant coach of the year. Absolutely, y'all. Uh... Now it's time for the results. Assistant coach of the year. Voted by the fans. Voted by the 99 hard contributors is. Wow. D'Amico Ryan. And it wasn't even close. Believe it or not. It wasn't close. He took home 70% of the votes. Coming in number two is Shane Steen. Or Sheen, I would pronounce his name. Steeshan, I don't know. Listen, I, I I don't know. That's why I don't try to pronounce last names, okay? But he came in second place. Ben Johnson came in third place. Fellas, real quickly here, what do you think about D'Amico Ryan taking home that award? I'm not surprised. I can see where they're coming from in terms of the success that he had this season with his Niners defense. I'm not surprised. But, you know, I just thought that, you know, if you're looking for, like, an actual assistant, like, you know, the coach that actually help, help, you know, help revive a player's career, help, help, help pretty much revive the team. I just thought that that's what it looks like. You know, that's what, you know, that's what we look at in, in terms of assistant coach of the year. Yamika Ryan's, I just felt like nothing hasn't changed. The personnel's still the same. Just felt like he just put the icing on the cake to it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to hate on him. I still believe that he's a great coach. You know, now that he's going to Houston, I believe that he's going to do his thing out there respectfully. Absolutely. Congratulations. Oh, go ahead, Zay, real quickly. Not at all. I just think D'Amico Ryan's congrats to him on that head coaching job. But, you know, he's coached a, a defense extremely well in that 49ers, um, you know, for a while now. The guys, guys are extremely great at what he's done. What he's done. Um, he knows how to, to coordinate the talent to get the defense flowing. Even when Fred Warner was out for a couple plays during that game against the Eagles, he still played. That defense still played extremely well without Fred Warner. So it's just, just, just to show that D'Amico Ryan's, gets guys prepared on, on a nightly basis and on a, I mean, on a game basis, week-to-week basis. And, um, you know, he, he's shown his his resume speaks for itself what his defense is capable of doing. And I think we're going to see something similar over there in Houston. So I think that's something that D'Amico Ryan should definitely hang his hat on. And congrats on the Assistant Coach of the Year award. Congratulations on the Assistant Coach of the Year, D'Amico Ryan. Congratulations on your new gig, being the head coach of the Houston Texans. Wishing you all the best of luck, my brother. Okay, really, I am because that's get out territory. <laughs> get out! That's get out territory. You saw what they did to my man Lovey. You saw what they did to my man David Kelly. You know it's spicy and spooky over there. So good luck, my brother. I'm glad that you was able to take on the job, though. Do it for the black man. Let's move on here. Defensive rookie of the year. The nominees are Aiden Hutchison, Ahmad Sars Gardner, Tyreek Woodland, Kayvon Thibodeau. And you know what? To the guys here on this award, let me tell you something, man. Hello, rookie. Welcome to the NFL. It's not easy getting playing time in the NFL as a rookie. You're playing with superstars. You're playing with experienced vets. You're playing with Super Bowl caliber players. But yet you was able to carve out a role. Not only were you able to carve out a role, 
but you had a performance a season that's worthy to be nominated here it's not easy to play defense it's much easier to play offense and the fact that you're nominated for this award every team that has you should be glad that they have you and once again the nominees are aiden hutchinson amar sauce gardner tyreek woodland and Kayvon thibodeau zay who should take home this award and why um personally i think sauce garner had one of the greatest rookie seasons we've ever seen in nfl history i think sauce garner was arguably top three cornerbacks of this season and i think he deserved that defensive rookie of the year let alone defensive player of the year he should be even considered due to the fact what he was capable of doing as a defensive back in the nfl this season there's veterans in the league that didn't look as good as this kid jalen ramsey his at his best didn't look as good as Sauce Garner, and I think that says a lot. Um, I think Sauce Garner, with his impact on the football field and the teams he played against throughout the entirety of the season, the receivers he had to face throughout this season, speaks for himself. It was very Darrell Rivas-esque, uh, but in that, not close to Rivas Island, it was just a sauce. You know, you're not going to like it when you try it. Everyone tries sauce. It ain't, it ain't for everybody. And clearly, this throughout this season, you saw Sauce Garner capable of getting into receivers' heads, getting them frustrated. Not being, they're not able to do what they really want to do. We're able to to di- uh, dominate the game the way they were supposed to, and I think that's something that Sauls Garner was capable of doing, disrupting the offense in every possible way. I think he deserved Defense Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, okay. Coach. <laughs> wow, it was a hard one. I'm debating between your sauce or Adam. It's hard to say this, but I'm about to go with Adam. Adam Hutchinson from the Detroit Lions. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden. Aiden. Oh, I apologize. Aiden. <laughs> um, from he, he reminds me so much of JJ Watt. Just you know, more you know, more athletic on the on the defense side of the ball. You know, there were situations where like you know they had him at linebacker and he just came in intercepted the ball. I'm like, bro, like you're six seven over over two seventy and you're making plays like an actual linebacker or something. He had over fifty two tackles, two two fumble recoveries, and three interceptions. So. I, to me, I think, you know, that's pretty impressive, you know, for a rookie to come there and, you know, pretty much do, you know, you know, do what you do in year one. But I know come, you know, come year two, he's, he's definitely going to excel even more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll go either way on this one. But I think for me, I'm going to agree with Zay. I'm going to go with Sauce Gardner here. You know, it's not easy to play the cornerback position in the NFL, especially today's NFL, with all the high-octane offenses, with all the great quarterbacks, with all the great weapons and wide receivers. But not only did he play the position well as a rookie, got immediate playing time, he has entered the top five cornerback conversation in the entire league. Like, that's a hell of a year to be a rookie. And I'm looking at you and saying, yo, he might be a top five corner. So he said it perfectly. He looked better than Jalen Ramsey to me this year. And that speaks volume, okay? You talk about Jalen Ramsey, he's a Super Bowl champion, okay? And Ahmad Sauce Gardner, if he was able to have competent quarterback play on the opposite side, this team would have been a playoff team this year. And because of his talent defensively, because he's able to lock you down and follow that number one option all around the football field, if they, the Jets, I mean, right? They's the Jets. If they can get a quarterback, a veteran quarterback, I feel good about their playoff chances, primarily because of the youth movement over there, leading with um, Sauce Gardner, and that's why I'm going to go him. So, like I said, it's not up to me, it's not up to Zay, it's not up to Coach, it's up to the fans, it's up to the contributors. What do they think and who do they think 
should be defensive rookie of the year voted by the fans the defensive rookie of the year is no other then too much sauce <laughs> sauce Gardner is taking home the award for defensive rookie of the year fellas i don't think we have much to say about this i think it was well you know respected that he took home this award and well appreciated because that brother balled out let's move on to the next joint that we have here oh yeah it's getting spicy like my guy russell wilson would say it's getting spicy the dangerous is getting dangerous offensive player of the year listen man we all love offense here man who are we kidding we love offense we love to watch offense offense is talked about so much more than defense okay and who are the stars here that's worthy of this award i'm gonna name those guys right now who are nominees we are talking justin jefferson okay we are talking tyreek hill we are talking jalen hurts we are talking joe burrow we are talking patrick mahomes we are talking josh allen who is who should be the offensive player of the year and why I'm have to go with Justin Jefferson, man. You know, from you know, with the new coaching staff that came in with Kevin O'Connell, I like, I, I pretty much like what you know, what he implemented in Minnesota in Justin Jefferson. Pretty much how you know, pretty much how they did it with LA with um, Cooper Cup. Justin Jefferson was pretty much a man against boys. You know, I just felt like you know, no defender. Granted, you know, granted, there were some games where like he got shut down, but those games where he went over like pretty much uh when he went over uh, over 100 yards catching, receiving, oh man, he went crazy. You know, to have over 130 receptions, nearly 1,800 yards, you know, receiving and, you know, eight touchdowns. That, to me, I find that pretty impressive. So he truly deserved this award. Um, For me, man, I think uh, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes uh, for obvious reasons the man didn't have a receiver one um he had to deal with juju smith schuster mccall Harmon being out majority of the year um you know it was really tried the travis kelsey show and patrick mahomes um he had isaiah pacheco he had guys in the backfield that you could rely on on occasion but not consistently and patrick mahomes was able to, to dot the field around it it just looked magical the way he was able to throw the football all around the football field without a top receiver in that on that football field so i think you know tragic mahomes deserved that award uh, I believe he had 40-something touchdowns and 5,200 passing yards, I believe. I could be mistaken, but his numbers are up there. And that's without Tyreek Hill, someone that I said before, before the season started, that Ty Hill was a big reason that Patrick Mahomes was able to get the ball out and get the ball to those receivers because he was such a reliable receiver on that football team. The fact that he was able to do it without a number one receiver speaks dividends, and now look where he's at. So I think Patrick Mahomes, for me, is the offensive player of the year. I'm going to agree with Coach here. For me, it's going to be Justin Jefferson. Listen, it's no secret that I am a Justin Jefferson guy, but there's a reason for it. I just didn't become a fan overnight. This guy's a hell of a football player. This guy's a hell of a receiver. He's a hell of a talent. And I think for us, when we look at the offensive player of the year, these are the MVP awards that a wide receiver can get. Let's face it. They are not going to win MVP. This is their, you know, historical season achievement here. This award right here. The MVP is a quarterback award. We know that. So if you have a historic season from a wide receiver perspective, 
this is your award. This is the award that you're taking home if a quarterback don't beat you out. Because let's face it, with the influx of quarterbacks coming in and all the talent of, of quarterbacks that we have in the NFL, we ain't going to expect it to change. So for offensive player of the year, I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. I mean, the guy was a man amongst boys. You talk about 128 catches on 184 targets. Receiving yardage of 1,809. While he didn't have the dominant year that Cooper Cup did the year prior when he took him the award last year. A couple years ago, Michael Thomas won the award in 2019. Justin Jefferson, we saw his impact. He was bracketed by defenders. He was taken away from the game plan. They had two guys following him. Why? Because he's that dude. And it allowed guys like TJ Hawkinson to string together a couple 100-yard games. Whether it was in the regular season, whether it was in the playoffs, off the back and off the attention and the gravity that Justin Jefferson pulled. And that's why he's my offensive player of the year. But once again, it's not up to me. It's not up to Zay. It's not up to coach. It's up to the people. And the people voted for. Justin Jefferson. I feel like doing a gritty right now, but I'm dressed up. Okay, I feel like doing a gritty right now, but I'm dressed up. Okay, so that's not going to look good. But Justin Jefferson, he took home the award. And it wasn't even close, okay? He took home the award. Jalen Hurts came in second. Tyreek Hill came in number three. Wow. Not surprised, though. You know, real quick, I just want to say something real quick. Uh, shout out to Justin Jefferson. Uh, shout out, first of all, shout out to my boy, Gibby. Um, he spoke about it pretty about um before the season. He said that Justin Jefferson could be the best receiver in football prior to the season starting, and he called it out early. I just want to give him a shout out to him for saying, you know, speaking into existence essentially. And um, you know, that's that's something that he was very adamant about. Wait, my shout out, bro. I hey, said no, that thing. Look, look, you, you got your shout out to Ilmo. All right, Lil definitely that's my guy. He called it out before. He called it, Lil called it out prior. Go. My, my boy Gibby, when at the end of last season, once the season ended, he, he kind of went out and said, Justin Jefferson is going to be the best receiver in football next season. That, that was before Adams wound up moving to, to um, Oakland. Vegas. I mean, the, uh, ooh, excuse me, the Raiders. And then, uh, you know, everything that happened with Jamar Chase uh, throughout the season. So everything, you know, it's shout out to both of y'all. I called it out before it came to fruition. We might as well move on to the next award. Did I take a shot at defense when I said we love offense? Because I don't know about y'all, but I love defense too. You heard the term. Defense wins championships. And very well it do. So don't get it twisted. Offense can win you games. But it comes down to defense that will take you over the top. Who is our defensive player of the year? And we got to mention those nominees here. Man, when I tell you we got some guys here. We got some guys. Defensive player of the year. We talking Michael Parsons. We talking Chris Jones. We talking Nick Bosa. Okay. Coach, who should take home this award and why? Woo! Boy, that's a hard one. <laughs> but I, I marinated. I came down to my conclusion. I'm about to go with my boy, Nick Bosa, man. You know, you know, he was a big reason of that Niners defense to be where they're at right now. You know, unfortunately, you know, they couldn't, come, you know, be in the Super Bowl this year. But you know his presence alone, man. The guy, the, the guy, he's a force to be reckoned with. And I don't think there's no tackle, no guard, no center that could stop him. 
pretty much what he did this season is pretty much unmatched in my opinion and i believe that he deserved this award oh man it, it was there's a lot the, those three guys played phenomenal this season um i'm gonna go with chris jones and i think chris jones was the focal point of what the chiefs defense is he is the chiefs defense if we're going to be completely honest the amount of pressure he puts on a quarterback allows the defense to get some easy um interceptions allows them to create turnovers and i think chris jones is a big factor of that because when you look at what the chiefs secondary looks like it's all rookies you look at the linebackers they're not phenomenal they're not fantastic they're not world beaters they're not all pros let alone it's chris jones being able to apply the pressure and get through anybody who's in front of him and that is the big factor of what the chiefs defense is that's kind of why the chiefs defense is right now in the super bowl because they're able to apply pressure to joe barrow and who was that who was in joe burrow's face almost every play chris jones so i think that's something for me that look i look at defensive player of the year and i'm like yeah that's the guy i look at as defensive player of the year so chris jones for me is the is the guy all good picks there very good picks i can see the arguments for either side but i'm gonna go with my guy michael parsons here and i thought about this last night now bosa did had a very very spectacular season i mean he led the nfl in sacks 18.5 second most in 49ers history and is the best player on the best defense in the nfl no doubt about it and i understand that michael parsons wasn't as consistent as far as sacks from week to week through the first 11 weeks of the season he accumulated 12 sacks and through the final six he only accumulated 1.5 sacks but i would say the argument is he does more you know he's playing more coverage he's defending the run he's rushing the quarterback he's doing more than just nick bosa at his natural position and so there's value in him to do more things and when you talk about the secondary that's a big thing here because the cowboys secondary is spotty and very very overrated so if you're able to tear up the secondary you can get the ball out quick and that can stop the pass rush whereas the 49ers defense all across the board was so good that it's hard to find the open receivers down the field and allows guys like Nick Bosa to get to the quarterback and when you have other guys like Fred Warner who's rushing the quarterback it allows and opens up the lanes for Nick Bosa to do what he do so I'm not taking nothing away from him I like the Chris Jones pick as well he was a veteran of, amongst rookies on that defense but I'm gonna go with Michael Parsons because he is that you know um swiss army knife on the defensive side of the ball he does it all he's the handyman and the candy man and he's coming for your dreams <laughs> i'm going with him anyway you already know the flow you know how it go it's up to the fans it's up to the 99 pod contributors to give out this award and the winner of this award for defensive player of the year is no other than Bosa Nick Bosa is taking home the defensive player of the year with 65% of the votes Michael Parsons a close second uh, not so close still a little separation there but a second place and Chris Jones in number three fellas any reactions real quickly here uh, in terms of Parson, I can see where you're coming from. In mm -hmm. terms of, like he he was the swift army knight of that Dallas defense. But I just think you know you know his sacks since he only got 1.5 sacks towards the last 16 of the season. That's kind of what what brought down his value. So I mean he would have been my second if his you know he would have been my second pick for defensive player of the year. But if he 
if people are more consistent in terms of sack wise i believe that it would brought up his stocks more absolutely we um, might as well oh last one i think shout out to nick bolsa that was it really <laughs> absolutely salute to nick bolsa for taking home the defensive player of the year i gotta take a sip of water for this one yo yo this one coming up man before i put it at the bottom of the screen let me take a sip of this gallon right here man oh this whatever this water is man aquafina i might have to call aquafina for this one i might have to get aquafina take okay because man this one right here coach of the year when i tell you this one right here man um this one brought me to my knees i had to pray about this one i had to be like yo god please tell me which one it is man because i don't know i was going back and forth in my mind and honestly i did not come up with my answer until last night for real for real i am the real lil coach of the year i mean listen man we all know quarterbacks get the most praise we all know if a quarterback ain't holding up his weight then guess what <laughs> okay the coach gonna be on the unemployment line we know if the quarterback is holding up his weight then guess what your coach is going to have a raise. He's going to have a job. He's going to be looked at as a top-level coach. Coaching is very important, especially in the playoffs. The X's and O's adjustments that needs to be made to win playoff games and regular season games is very important. Okay, the clock management, the game management. Okay, when the clock is dwindling down, two timeouts, it's up to you to make the right play. If your quarterback stinks, it's up to you to economize him and make sure you maximize him. Okay, and not chastise him. Okay, coach of the year is one of my favorite awards. Let's keep it a bean because the coaching position is sacred. It's a very sacred award. This award right here is very sacred when you talk about the hierarchy awards on a show like this so the nominees here for coach of the year is as follows we are talking kyle shanahan we are talking doug peterson we are talking nick seriani we are talking brian dable fellas coach i'm gonna start with coach because you coach <laughs> who should take on this award and why oh uh, well for me this was a no-brainer um i'm gonna have to go with doug peterson man from when when he got hired to Jacksonville, you know, I really thought that these guys it took them a while to achieve something. You know what I mean? You know, you know, the year before they were one fifteen, and you know, with the whole with the whole Urban Meyer situation, Urban Meyer situation, I just thought that you know Doug, you know, Doug had to clean up some mess, you know, from you know from Urban. I say even though in the first half of the season it was pretty rocky for them, it was pretty rocky. You know, I was like, bro, I didn't I didn't have the Jacksonville Jaguars winning the division this year, but the following year I did. From, you know, he just took advantage of a situation in in a division where like things was in shambles. You know, how about the Houston Texans? You know, I said they were trying to fight for a number one pick <laughs> in the draft in next year's draft. We have the um, the Colts fired. You know, they fired three different individuals and hire. You know, pretty much hired their former player to become the interim. So. You know those two, you know teams right there. It was already essential, so it was pretty much between down between the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, with Tennessee, you know when Tannehill went out, and I was like, oh, so I just think you know Doug Peterson just took advantage of the situation, um, especially you know in that last game of the season. Was it the last? Yeah, the last game of the season yep. when they played Tennessee, and they pretty much won. You know they pretty much won the won the game and won the division that night. So and I just felt like that second half, second half of the season, he did a good job in putting those guys in good situations to win. Um, 
you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he had a good year this year. You know, I truly expect him to improve come next year. So by him, you know, in his first year in the job and in the division, that 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 pretty much says a lot. Zay, um, you want to go low? You want me to? Yeah, sure. I I take it. Listen, man. Like I said before, this was the toughest award for me to pick because um there were various points during the course of the season where I had each of the three guys or even four guys you can say right I don't think I really had Nick Seriani but three out of the four I was like that's coach of the year and if the show would have end at those various moments they would have got it all three of them but like I said I thought about it last night I'm gonna go Kyle Shanahan here I'm gonna go with the surprise and the reason why it's mainly because of the obstacles this year with the quarterback position listen man you have to be a different cat from an X's and O's perspective to juggle three quarterbacks on the air. Three. Okay. You, you trade up the draft trade lands, he goes down. Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, I understand Jimmy Garoppolo's familiarity with the team and the offense, but this guy was on the practice field the whole entire summer. He was not even practicing with the team. And he came there, still was making it do what it do. He was having a very good year before he went down. Then you get this guy, Mr. Irrelevant is his name, by Purdy, okay, with the last pick. And he looks better. He's actually operating the offense better than Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance did for the little sample that we got from Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. That's why when you talk about the last pick in the draft, that's why you take those later rounds seriously. A lot of people, they check out, you know, in day three or day two, whatever, late. Like, I don't need to, you know, I got my guys already. I'm checking out. The fans, check out. I don't care about the draft. That's why the later rounds are very important because that's where you find the gems. And Kyle Shanahan found him a little gem in Mr. Irrelevant, who's now relevant, and Brock Purdy. So when you talk about the obstacles, right, and salute to my guy Brian Dable because he was able to economize his economic resources. He didn't have upper-class talent. He had lower-class talent, and he made the, the, the playoffs, okay? But Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel was two coaches that had the most obstacles this season. And Kyle Shanahan made the playoffs and won the division. On top of that, I'm going Kyle Shanahan. Um, For me, I think I'm going Brian Dable. Uh, I think Brian Dable, to be able to get to a playoff, win a playoff game, uh, throughout the season, do what he, needs, what he did throughout the season and get the Giants to play good football competitive all throughout the season i think he gets praised for the coach of the year um he didn't have a wide receiver one two or three this entire season everybody was hurt decimated that roster was decimated throughout the entire season with injuries and somehow some way they were able to pull out a winning record somehow some way they was able to get to a playoff um i think that, that that's a credit to brian dable's x and o's he knows how to get his personnel to play well um unfortunately they fell short throughout the playoff yeah, but um, I think he's a guy that really established a culture in that New York Giants locker room. I think he deserves Coach of the Year. I think the Coach of the Year award should be a award that's establishing a culture, a competitive culture on teams that weren't like, like praised to do well, uh, praised to do well. Um, personally, I feel like Dan Campbell could have possibly won this award if the Lions would have made a playoff. Um, I think, you know, he should get his praise over there to do what he did in Detroit. But um, Brian Dable, for me, um, he's right now the guy in my eyes that's coach of the year excellent points before we get to the to the votes here because um that's a very good point about the culture the culture shock that comes with a coach that's very coach of the year worthy and i think that point is very important 
you know when you talk about Brian Dable and how he influenced the culture the Giants was at the back end the Giants were looking like they were going to come in last and be you know one of those guys to draft with CJ Stroud out there you know at the draft and they were able to make the playoffs and Doug Peterson I mean you talked about the the foundation that Urban Meyer left he left a terrible foundation you know but I don't know man it's something about obstacles and overcoming them that resonates with me more but it's not up to me it's not up to Zay it's not up to the coach it's up to the fans and the fans believe that the head coach of the year is the one and only wow ryan dable turn off your cable he's able listen man like i said before we got a lot of new york fans that watch the show they represent we in a big market new york is a very big market and we represent you know um brian dable's the guy and listen i'm not mad at all because brian dable it was really between him and kyle shanahan and doug peterson for me you know i was an advocate for doug peterson on previous shows so a lot of people thought i was going with him i just thought he should have been mentioned i was the first guy to mention him that i knew of before they won that game against the tennessee titans right so i wanted him to get mentioned i'm glad he did but um brian dable he won the award he came in number one doug peterson came in number two nick seriani came in number three and number four was kyle shanahan any reactions real quickly here? Real quick, I just want to say something. I think Doug Peterson did a phenomenal job in Jacksonville, and I actually have him right now pinned as coach of the year for next year. I think that when they get Calvin Ridley over there in, in uh, that Jacksonville uniform with Terrence Lawrence, I think it would be a phenomenal off offense, in my opinion. I think Doug Peterson is going to be in that running for coach of the year next year. I know it's an award show. Predictions are too early, but that's my prediction right now. Listen, man, book it for send my pick to the bookies, Dan Campbell. I got him winning it next year. But, man, this next award, bro, Ooh. this right here is the biggest award there is. This right here. Listen, man, if you win this award, we talking legacy here. We talking potentially Hall of Fame legacy here. You know, when we talk about the greatest players of all time, mainly quarterbacks, like I said, let's call a spade a spade. Even though this wide receiver was eligible for this award, the MVP is a quarterback award. So when we talk about the quarterback award, that's MVP. When we talk about your legacies at the end of your careers, we say, how many Super Bowls you won? How many MVPs you won? And we always look for that on your resume, okay, before we hire you in the hierarchy. Conversations. Ladies and gents, most valuable player. MVP the nominees for this award is Patrick Mahomes Jalen Hurts Justin Jefferson Joe Burrow and Tyreek Hill fellas Zay who's the MVP I'm gonna go first man. I'm gonna go first man I think Patrick Mahomes is absolutely the MVP of the league the man had a phenomenal year the year was just so too fantastic to overlook uh this is a guy who just overcame all adversity throughout the season and just dominated the game of football as the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. He just shows why he's uh, echelons above others. And I think right now, when you look at what he's able to do, what he was capable of doing throughout the season, um, holding that number one spot hostage over everyone in the, in the, in the um, AFC, I think he is the MVP of the NFL. I don't think there's anyone else that's close to him right now. Look, man, I'm going to agree with Zay here. 
with Patrick Mahomes. I already said it a couple episodes ago. Listen, it was a nick and tuck with me. And I think there's circumstances that really gave him this decision. It made it a very easy decision for me. Right. Um, I had Joe Burrow at one point when Joe Burrow won that had to have matchup, but the suspended game kind of altered things, right? Um, in a lot of ways. Because um, if Joe Burrow was able to beat Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in the same calendar year, how could we not give it to Joe Burrow? They would have had the same record, right? Or if there was a record below, he would have had the head-to-head over two quarterbacks that are in the top six of MVP. But the fact that that game was suspended, the fact that Jalen Hurts missed two games, and I understand that we show value when we're not there in a way, because you could say that the value was shown for Jalen Hurts in his favor when he missed two games he missed. But I can never penalize perfect attendance. I said it before. Patrick Mahomes was perfect as far as his attendance, as far as his play, losing Tyreek Hill, still was able to throw for 5,000 yards. This is really easy for me. I'm going Patrick Mahomes. So guess what? I'm also joining the bandwagon with you guys as well. To be honest with you, I thought Mahomes was definitely going to regress this year, despite not having his wide receiver one. I'm just like, bro, you lose Tyreek Hill. It's like, damn, bro. Like, I did not know how, like, he would, you know, fit in with, you know, Juju, with McCall Hardman, even though McCall Hardman had an injury, miss, you know, miss half, half, you know, half of the season. They got MVS from the Packers. I didn't know. I did not know how, you know, how, how that was going to work. But for him to still throw over 5,000 yards, keyword gentlemen, over 5,000 yards, 41 touchdowns, and only 12, 12 interceptions. That's, that, to me, I find that pretty amazing. That's pretty damn good. And that goes to show that, hey, it doesn't matter what type of personnel he has around him, he's definitely going to, you know, maximize their strength to Mahomes' abilities. So definitely Mahomes deserved this award. You know, I truly believe that, you know, he, he he's a guy with good leadership and he makes no excuses at all. All right, fellas, we're going to put a little pep in our step here as time is dwindling down here. We're going to go right to the awards. Let's see what the fans voted. And the MVP, the most valuable player from the Himalaya, is the quarterback slayer, the one and only. Woohoo! Patrick Mahomes, voted by the fans. 60% of the votes. Jalen Hurts was a calm second. Joe Burrow was number three. Let's move on here. We all know, and I said it before, that there are a lot of other players and positions that's worthy to be an MVP. We have seen historical seasons from wide receivers, running backs, defensive players, but it was never fully recognized because of the quarterback position, the Hollywood position known as the quarterback the quarterback that gets all the big movie roles, but yet you're a supporting cast member. But we don't forget you here on the show. We know your value. We know what you bring to your team, and we want to recognize it and highlight it right now. Our non-quarterback, most viable player. This award is going to go to the best player that's not a quarterback in today's NFL. And real quickly here, as we headed for time, who should take home this award and why? Oh. I could go first. Yay. Um, I'm about to go with Tyreek Hill, man. You know, his first season in Miami, I did not know how him and Tua were going to, how him and Tua were, were going to work together. But, you know, Tyreek Hill had his best season in Miami and 
possibly his career too. He had he had over 119 um, catches, 1700 yards receiving. That's pretty impressive. And you know to play with three different quarterbacks in Miami this season, you know he, he still did his thing. So I truly believe Tyreek Hill deserved that non-quarterback MVP award. Yeah, for me, I'm going with Jettis. Um, I think he deserved the award. Um, there's another name that wasn't on the list that I would have put there if he was placed there. But I'm going with Jettis. And then uh, the close second I would have put there was Austin Eckler. I'm going to go with Jettis too. Justin Jefferson. Okay, we're going to do the gritty. I promise y'all, I'm doing the gritty today. I'm not going to do it on the show. Dressed up like this. But after I take off this shirt and I hop in my wife beater, I'm doing the gritty, brother. Okay, listen, man. You talk about value. Anytime you're double team, you're valuable. I'm going to just leave it at that. The most valuable player that's not a quarterback is going to go to, voted by the fans, voted by the 99 pod family, is the one and only. <laughs> yes, sir. You know the vibes. Get your gritty on. 61% of the votes. Damn. Coming in second was Saquon Barkley with 22% of the votes. Tyreek Hill to round out and Nick Bosa to round out to round out. So there you have it. Your non-quarterback MVP. Congratulations to Justin Jefferson. Won't you hit that gritty for me, brother? Anyway, let's move on to the final bonus topic here. Man, this award right here. If you're eligible for this award, it's not an award that you really want to take home. I'm just keeping a bean. You don't want to take this award home. It's not a good award. This is actually a bad award. You played yourself. Okay? There was a lot of bloopers this year. There was a lot of fishy stuff going on when you talk about, you know, moves that was made, performances. I mean, the NFL is a comedy show. The NFL is a reality show. There's a lot of things that come with an NFL season. Competitive football and drama for your mama so the nominees for the congratulations you played yourself award is Tyreek Hill leaving Mahomes for Tua Brady ditching Giselle for football Josh McDaniels Raiders missing the playoffs Russell Wilson's terrible season the Colts hire of Jeff Saturday and Lovey Smith for taking the Houston Texans job those are all well deserved nominees for the congrats you played yourself now fellas real quickly here who should take home this award and why coach um, i'm gonna have to go with um russell wilson and the Denver broncos you sold us a dream bro and that's what you sold me a dream especially me you sold me a dream how dare you leave a situation in seattle to go to a different situation and you play below expectations explain that to me so back to the point you got the, the first year head coach fired, even though he didn't even finish the season. That goes to show, bro, like that goes to show that it was Pete Carroll that was looking, that was looking after your behind in Seattle the whole time. What you are, you are a fraud, bro. I, I hope that I hope that you don't do the same thing with Sean Payton, but you definitely played yourself this season, my boy. You know, your stats <laughs> were just terrible. I don't even want to mention it. That's how bad, that's how bad you played yourself. So Russell Wilson, congratulations, man. You deserve this award. Hey, for me, man, I'm going with Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins. Um, the man definitely played himself for sure. He uh chased over to Miami. He started praising Tua way too early. Um, I think who got the strongest arm? Tua or Pat Mahomes? 
Tua or Patrick Mahomes, obviously, like I'm, I'm gonna go with one five as the, the strongest arm. But as far as accuracy wise, I'm going with Tua all day. So which one would you rather have? The deep ball where you got to scramble around the field to try to go find it? Or nah. do you want that accuracy to hit you right in the bread basket on the run? I want it to hit me right in the bread basket just like I did in the Buffalo Bills game and take it 70. The men, I had to help you out there. <laughs> go ahead. Know, that, that was that was a right on cue. The men definitely deserve that award. Uh, you know, right now he's sitting at home probably in Cancun somewhere watching the Super Bowl while his team is over winning a championship. The team he just was on. The team that he said he'd rather get the ball, bread and basket, opposed to running out there, winning championships, chasing a ball. That's what happens. Hey, man, you got what you wanted. You played yourself. I right, look, man, for me, I'm going to go Russell Wilson here. I have to. I don't slight Tyreek Hill for trying to run up a bag. They didn't see his value. Claire. They had Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and they was able to overcome that and, and participate in the Super Bowl. But Tyreek Hill had himself a hell of a year, and he still showed his value to some capacity, even with Tua, right? Almost getting 2,000 yards with Tua is a really good thing. So there's value on both sides here, right? But I think for me, Russell Wilson, man, whew, I already knew you was a fraud, so I'm not surprised. I just knew it. Listen, everybody was like, Russell Wilson to save the day. I'm like, all right, just wait a few minutes. Wait a couple weeks, so you'll see it. And we saw it week one. He's just not the guy. You know, and you said, Pete Carroll, screw your system, brother. I want to win MVPs. I want out of here. Get me out of here because I'm carrying you. Oh, really? Geno Smith, journeyman. Let me resurrect your career and show how it's done. The Seahawks was glad to get rid of your behind. Now it all makes sense why they were. Because you are shot at this point in your career. You have declined. And for you to say Broncos country, let's ride. Now I know what you mean. Let's ride to Cancun. <laughs> what on? Okay. Stay away from them um pina coladas over there. Because um those things will get you hooked. Okay, Russell Wilson. I'm just letting you know. Stay away. Matter of fact, check out the Rui Hotel. Right? The Rui Hotel in Cancun. That's a very good hotel to go to. I'm giving you suggestions because you're going to be over there right now. You're over there right now. Right? Check that out. Okay. Make sure you go um skydiving and all those things. It's going to be fun, okay, because you're in Cancun right now, and you deserve to be. Now, it's not up to me. It's up to the fans. It's up to the 99 pod contributors to find uh, a scenario, uh, a scenario that a player played themselves. Congrats to this guy right here. This guy right here played himself. And the winner is. Let's ride. Let's ride. Broncos. Let's country. ride. Perfect. Okay. One more time. Broncos country. Let's ride. 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 Congratulations, Russell Wilson. You played yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up another episode. And the 99 part awards, you know, I want to salute to all the guys that took home awards today. And um, it was well warranted. Y'all had a good season. Um, I'm looking forward to next year at this time when we do it again. We are headed for time. It's time for us to depart. And, fellas, I want to thank y'all for arriving on the show today and, and doing y'all thing for usual. Man, Lil, just want to thank you, bro. Thank you so much, bro. Especially on the week before Super Bowl. Thank you for having me. And I love talking football with you guys. Just pray to God that you guys continue doing your thing, man. As always, bro, it's not 1999 anymore. Let's get it. Yes, sir. Peace out, folks.